1: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in over 1,200 regions from literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the the world in the countries of Sweden, Ireland and Canada and the states of Montana, Connecticut and New Jersey. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love Hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now, for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. When you are self empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self. This connection gives you an inner foundation of love which eliminates fear and brings peace and joy. Please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today, create a positive mood. Change your mood by changing your behavior. Shower, go for a walk, open the curtains, then do something you enjoy. Doing something different helps you shift your energy and your focus. Just the physical act of moving can help you move from one state of mind to another. Sometimes our mind gets stuck in a groove and we need to take an action to shift our attention, shift our focus and shift our attitude. The mind can grab onto something and keep repeating it and even expanding it until something small and inconsequential gets blown out of proportion and begins to feel overwhelming. We don't have to allow this to happen. We have the choice to gain control of our thoughts or feelings, refocus our attention, and shift our mood. When we do this, we can prevent ourselves from moving into fear and anxiety and even create feelings of joy. If we are out with other people and start to feel overwhelmed by the negativity in the conversation, we still have a choice. We can go to the restroom for an escape or attempt to change the time or the direction of the conversation. And if nothing is helping, we can choose to leave in a way that doesn't insult anyone but allows us to be in charge of our own well-being. It can be as simple as saying, I'm tired. Especially in this time of increasing fears and discord, we must continue to find ways to keep our attitude positive and not add to the chaos in the world. This week, instead of a workshop, I'll be doing a play shop titled More Fun, Less Stress. Many European countries now have 30-hour work weeks because the research shows that people are more productive when they work Fewer hours, relaxation, play, and rest are essential to our well-being. They're basically two ways to de-stress, and we need both of them. One is to learn how to let go of the stress, anxiety, and pain. The other is to push it out. With laughter, happiness, and fun, you can't laugh and feel sad at the same time. It's summer. Let's rediscover the playful child within. Too many of us have become weighed down by the troubles in the world. We are starting to see everything with suspicion, worry, and fear. Enlightenment literally means lightening up. So let's find new ways to lighten up and enjoy our lives. Let's unblock our ability to have fun. Let's play for our health, well-being, and longevity. We'll meet on Saturday, June 16 at CSL Dallas for details and registration. Go to PaulaJoyce.com. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me for individual or group coaching or invite me to give a speech in your area or present this workshop or another one like Creativity as Self-Expression or Overcoming Abuse or Finding the Silver Linings. our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity. As we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go, we open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today. Ellen Tad, who will talk with us about using your third eye to navigate the highs and lows of life. In last week's show, Linda and Charlie Bloom talked with us about their new book, That Which Doesn't Kill Us How One Couple Became Stronger at the Broken Places. They shared much wisdom with us. They are in a unique position to help couples and anyone in a relationship in a profound way because they understand the challenges in a relationship from the perspective of counselors as well as the perspective of a couple who had to face the pain in their own relationship. Their story is really one of two people finding the courage to be vulnerable, to look deeply at their own behavior, and to truly change within themselves to become whole and worthy partners while also healing their life as a couple. It's much easier to point a finger and assess blame than it is to acknowledge our own role in the conflict and grow where we need to grow. It isn't about finding the perfect right person, it's about working through the the differences in accepting who the other person is, especially in the ways that they are not like us. Healing takes skill, courage, time, patience, forgiveness, non-attachment, empathy, compassion, and commitment. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link on this page. For previous shows on healthy relationships, please listen to our shows on September 7th, 2017 with Dr. Susan Edelman, Dating on Your Own Terms, September 28th, 2017 with Tracy Stafford, Limitless Possibility, and January 15th, 2015 with Patty Beaudoin help for couples that really works you can hear these shows or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again because all the shows are on demand and you have easy access anytime day or night allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs sometimes that's in the middle of the night or anytime you need some hope comfort and inspiration whenever it is I'm here for you and now you can add to the benefits of my show by following Mary and Stefan's story in my blog. She shares how she uses the information in each episode, episode to change her life, and I provide my life coaching responses. As she wrote in an upcoming blog, I have been struggling with how to handle conflict and the overwhelming emotional response I'm experienced with. Was working on healing my mind body and spirit after listening to this show i realized that if i cannot change some of my behaviors i will cause more and more damage to the relationship with my husband who i cherish with all my heart to read my blogs just go to my website paulajoyce.com now for my silver lining stories I've worked hard to learn to focus on what's important to me in the moment and not allow myself to be distracted by the noises and demands of my surroundings. So when I was meditating and my cell phone signaled me that I had a text, my First thought was to ignore it until I was finished. On most days, this is not a problem, but on this particular day, I felt drawn to look at my phone. When I followed this pull, I was grateful. It was a message from my daughter asking if I was awake. It was highly unusual for me to get this message on a workday morning, so I responded yes and received a special treat. She had taken the day off work and was home with her 10-month-old son. I had some special FaceTime with them as he was crawling around, pulling up, smiling, making happy sounds, playing with his blocks, and turning the pages of his cardboard book. What a fabulous way to start the day. Had I delayed my response to her until after my meditation, I would have missed this joy because he would have been down for his nap. Yes, boundaries are important. It's also important to know when to trust the messages I'm receiving. Learning to do that was my silver lining. Later in the week, I did a protection ritual for my car. My guides reassured me that my car was well protected. So when I needed to leave for my acupuncture appointment, I walked confidently to my car only to discover that one tire was virtually flat. My phone was almost out of battery life, and I don't keep a charger in my car. I could hear my thoughts starting to go to negative places. Then I reined myself in and began looking for what I had to be grateful for, and everything changed. My silver linings were many. I had enough battery left to contact my acupuncturist's office, and Even though I had to call three times before I got an answer, I did get an answer and was able to reschedule with ease. The tire place was only three blocks away and I was able to drive there without having to wait for a tow truck. They took me immediately. The service was pleasant and fast. They even had a phone charger that fit my phone and without hesitation lent it to me so I could charge my phone and make good use of my time while I was waiting. Then I wondered about why I had a flat tire if my car was protected, and I realized that there are many ways to interpret messages from my guides and angels. Being protected doesn't mean that there are no challenges, but how we get through the challenges is the key. With that awareness, I saw how my attention had been directed to look at my tire before I drove, and I never check my tires before I get in my car. That help from my guides prevented a potential accident on the road or my ruining my wheel by driving with a flat. This experience could have been very unpleasant, more expensive, even dangerous had I not been protected. And I could have made this experience into an emotional disaster had I not focused on all of the things that went right. Seeing the positives in every situation can become a habit that transforms the way you experience life. Our guest today, Ellen Tad, is an internationally known clairvoyant counselor who has been teaching and counseling for over 40 years. She is widely respected for the integrity of her work, the accuracy of her, her perceptions and guidance, and the clarity and usefulness of her teaching. Her work has been supported by the Edgar Casey Foundation. Deepak Chopra, and the Boston Center for Adult Education, among others. She was featured in Newsweek and lectures at universities, hospitals, and community groups. Her first book, Death and Letting Go, was on the Boston Globe bestseller list, and her new book is The Infinite View, a guidebook for life on Earth. You're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all our shows, I post special uplifting messages and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world, fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music, and the joy of being alive with all the the violence, hurtful words, anger, and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, go to my website, PaulaJoyce.com, to like us on Facebook and friend Paula Joyce, and I'll help you be part of the solution. Read about and register for my more fun, less stressed play shop, or contact me to schedule one in your area. Your question for today is, what strategies are you going to use to refocus your attention on the positive? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. With clairvoyant Ellen Tad to talk with us about using your third eye to navigate the highs and lows of life. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
3: It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate,
0: change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach millions of people. If this interests you, or if you want to help sponsor the show, or become part of the conversation today, please call 888 888- 346 9141 one, or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down what strategies you're going to use to refocus your attention on the positive. And I'm so pleased to welcome clairvoyant Ellen Tad to talk with us about using your third eye to navigate the highs and lows. Of life, Ellen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's it's uh, wonderful to have this opportunity to to share my
4: ideas and my experiences. Thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome. And and speaking of that, I would like you to um, because not everybody knows what a clairvoyant is, and so if you would just tell us a little bit about. Uh, who, what what your abilities as a clairvoyant are and how that's helped you in your life.
4: Okay. Um, well, the word clairvoyant means clear vision. And so another way of saying it is I'm a visionary. And there's there's a variety of ways that I have vision. There's internal vision and there's external vision. So internal vision, uh, we all have in our mind's eye. If I tell everyone to um, imagine what their bedroom looks like within their mind, they can do that. And at the same time, your eyes can be open looking at the environment you're in. So we all have um, a screen in our mind. And I am given information that goes across the screen of my mind in the form of vision and that information varies. Sometimes it's seeing someone's past lives. Sometimes it's getting visions about information that's uh, significant, but there's also external vision and that's more dramatic. That's when an external environment kind of, you know, fades away and what takes over is a vision. So, um, I I always think it's important to say that what uh, brought me into my work, because I didn't expect I was going to work as a clairvoyant, I was raised by my father, who was a physicist. I grew up in a scientifically-oriented household, but at the age of 19, my mother came back and talked to me after she died, and she had a very difficult life, uh, a severe case of MS, and she came back to explain that she had chosen it to learn compassion for those who suffer. And it was the watershed event for me, because before that I was an agnostic. I didn't know what I believed. I was raised with no organized religion. But I started to have lots of experiences, um, clairvoyant, clairaudent experiences, where I was able to converse with magnificent teachers in the spiritual world, and I had a 10-year period after that where I was trained. I, I, I dropped out of college, which was the cardinal sin in my family. My father was a professor, and I was trained by magnificent teachers who communicated with me both in direct voice and vision, And they educated me about a philosophy of life and they gave me tools and techniques. So it wasn't subtle and I devoted my life to this and, um, and now have, I always say that my life is my work and my work, I'm sorry, my life is my work and my work is my hobby because (laughs) it's not hard to teach this material, but it is demanding to live it. And so I am both a teacher and a student of what these magnificent beings of light have taught me
1: I, I love the way you phrase that, and it's—I um, I understand completely what you're saying. Um, it's easy to teach, and then, but actually putting it into practice um, it takes effort. And so, I and and I know you had a, a special um, clairvoyant experience when your son was born. Would you sh- also share that with us? Yes, it was—it was really
4: one of the most moving experiences of my life. Uh, my son is my second child, and um, I actually met both of my children in their etheric form before they were born. But the experience with my son was the most dramatic. And as I started to go into labor in etheric form, this was external vision, he appeared with a being of light on each side of him, and in a telepathic communication, the, the language of spirit is telepathy. And so in thought, he came to me while I started labor and said, I've just come to see if you're all right. And as I wrote in my book, I said, oh, I'm going to have a thoughtful, <laughs> a thoughtful <laughs> son. Um, and I told him I was. And then the three of them left. And then, it was a very long labor, and on the way to the hospital the second time, uh, he again appeared in etheric form, but this time, he was smaller, he fit into the car, because in the spiritual world, there's no distinct size, someone can appear in etheric form quite large or quite small, and then from the top of his head and the bottom of his seat, his etheric body dissolved, and then a beam of white light entered the child entered into my abdomen, and um, and then in two hours he was born. And I was so overwhelmed with the process that we all have gone from the spiritual realm into the physical body, and then we become babies, and we're very much dependent on the people around us to survive and to learn. And then we grow up into adults. So I have no doubt there's life before birth, and there's life after death, because I've had many uh, clairvoyant experiences with beings in the spiritual world that have confirmed this for me. and i I still feel you know like a scientist's daughter i i um, I really like the concept of repetition. My father once said to me, you know something is true when it's repeated. And because I've had many experiences like this, I I feel quite confident. And I think the other part that's very interesting is before I had a spiritual awakening, I thought I was going to be a child psychologist because I loved watching child development, and in many ways, I still was, but I used my clairvoyance, so I met my children before they were born, then they were born, then I was a part of watching their development, but I also knew their past lives, and now they're adults, and so I can see the arc of the evolution process, which to me is fascinating.
1: Oh, that really is to not just see it in clients, but in your own offspring. That's really quite yeah. beautiful. Um, and and so, how does this inform your view of the world? And how how does it help you teach people to, um, you know, to to not fall into depression, to not. Let themselves be overwhelmed by the fears and violence and um, and negativity in the world. It's a good question. So um, you know i I've always been a
4: sensitive. Before I had my spiritual awakening, I was considered an overly sensitive child. If I walked into a room and someone had a headache, I'd get a headache. You know I was a psychic sponge. And I was untrained. And when my guides first got a hold of me, they said, we're going to teach you how to be a sensitive in an insensitive world. Mm. And so they trained me. They gave me tools and techniques. And they taught me the power of attitudes. They gave me a cosmology. And so now this what I teach is what I was taught. And so some of the fundamentals are... That when we see that we're all spirits temporarily on the earth, then we start to change our definition of happiness. Culturally, the definition of happiness is getting what we want. And if we don't get what we want, we feel sad or we feel mad or we feel hurt. But if you see fulfillment and happiness as bringing your best self to the circumstance or self-actualization of the spirit, then what's really important is how are we manifesting, not what's happening to us. And so, this is a fundamental shift. But also, there's some tools. My guides say that the most important thing is to learn attunement. And what they mean by that word is it's a conscious alignment with our spiritual nature. So I've been taught that everyone has a spirit, which is the spark of the God force within us. It's our enlightened self, and it's the only part of our nature that's constant. Everything else is changing and evolving. And then the soul... It's the container of the spirit, and some people use those terms as if they mean the same thing, but my guides are quite clear that the soul is complicated and evolving, and the spirit is simple and constant. The soul contains all of our past life patterns, traumas, talents, fears, and skills that have accumulated through all of the many lives we've lived. And in the soul, there's a concept that I call first error, or the original attitude that was not in harmony with our spiritual nature. So, in other words, everyone originally in the incarnating process started out with an enlightenment and was able to manifest their spiritual nature. But then, we each had an original fear or confusion that caused us to lose it. And that was what I call the beginning of the karmic snowball. And then over the soul is our personality, our persona in the world. Psychology says that we're influenced by genetics and by our environment, nature and nurture. My guides agree with that, but then they add past life influences and influence from the spiritual nature. And they say that Fulfillment comes from manifesting our spiritual nature. And what makes it difficult are past life circumstances that are not resolved and cultural conditioning and environmental influences that do not support our spiritual nature. And right now, that is the major challenge. We live during a time where there's a tremendous amount of confusion, fear, and, as you were talking earlier, negativity. And my guides define negativity simply as attitudes not based in spiritual principles. So, how do we learn, in the most practical ways, how to manifest our best selves? Well, I've found that there are many tools, but the two foundational tools... Are deep listening, which gets cultivated through a good meditation practice, and deep looking, which is the activation of the third eye. Should I keep talking, or do you have any
1: questions? Uh, no, I'm. I think that I don't want to interrupt you. I, I want you to keep okay. talking, please.
4: Okay. Well, you mentioned that I would share about the third eye, so I should do that because it's a it's a tremendous help. Um. So I became interested in the chakras. Um. And chakra means wheel in Sanskrit. There's seven fundamental wheels or centers of energy in the energy body aligned with the physical body, going from the top of the head to the base of the spine. And I became interested in them about 10 years after my spiritual awakening because I wanted to understand people. And I was particularly thrown by what I call PhD kindergartners, people who are really developed in certain parts of their life and very immature in other parts of their life. And so I started using my clairvoyance, or my ability to watch energy, and I spent a couple of decades watching people's chakras. I really didn't read about them. I just watched them, because I was taught to gain knowledge through direct experience. And I learned a lot. I wrote a little book called The Wisdom of the Chakras, but I also have some of this information in my new book, The Infinite View." And I learned that where people focus impacts how they perceive. And some people focus in the gut. Some people focus in the heart. Some people focus in the analytical mind. And some people focus out of the forehead or the third eye. And some people flip-flop and move around to these different points of focus throughout the day. And there are many popular ideas like follow your heart or follow your gut. And then, of course, there are the people that say, you know, our whole educational system is focused on developing the analytical mind. Well, I found that the absolute best approach is to learn to live life looking through your forehead. That there's only one way to activate the third eye, and that's focus and concentration. And when you're deeply focused, you access spiritual attunement. Then we can use our intellect when it's appropriate, and the clarity and wisdom and positivity of the third eye informs our emotions and informs our heart. And so the third eye is the center of wisdom, and I'm not Christian any more than I'm Buddhist or Taoist, but I love the quote from the Bible, "'If thy eye be single, the whole body will be filled with light.'" And this is the third eye. And so I've become a tremendous proponent of living life looking out of the forehead. And I, as soon as I have a new client, I teach this exercise, which now is called the TAD technique, which is comparison of focus in the solar plexus with focus in the third eye, because we are a solar plexus-dominant culture, When I observe most people, when I walk down the street or I even see them on television or wherever I'm watching chakras, most people live their life focused in the gut. And whoever made that popular, I think, made a big mistake. And I love to quote my son. When he was in high school, he said, When you live life focused in the solar plexus, you experience the human condition from the human perspective, and it's a tragedy. When you live life focused in the third eye, you live life from the spiritual perspective, and it's really interesting. doesn't make it easy, but it's interesting because you start to see from this vantage point that there's a profound orchestration and interconnection to the things that are transpiring that the difficulties truly are opportunities. But the problem with living in the solar plexus is you may say to yourself, difficulties are opportunities. But unless you're in the third eye, you're not going to feel it. When you're in the third eye, you
1: feel the positivity as well as think the positivity. That's really beautiful. And I want to pick up on this after our break, <clears throat> I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, go to my website, paulajust.com to sign up for my newsletter. you receive the information on all our shows in the chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing a Deep levels and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Albert Einstein talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self empowerment. Now, On your paper, write down what you can do to prevent yourself from becoming overwhelmed by your emotions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Ellen Tad talking more about using your third eye to navigate the highs and lows of life and her book, The Infinite View. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down what you can do to prevent yourself from becoming overwhelmed by your emotions. Um, Remember to listen at the end of the show today to learn about Archangel Sheila and how she can help you. And I'm so grateful to have Ellen Tad on the show today talking with us about using your third eye to navigate the highs and lows of life and her book, The Infinite View. Ellen, we left off where you were talking about the Tad technique. And um, would you please walk us through that so that we can all have access to that information? Great, I'd love to. So um, it's a simple exercise.
4: Um, If um, your listening audience can close their eyes, that would be best. If you're driving, (laughs) excuse me, of course, don't close your eyes. Um, But um, this is an exercise that deals with the comparison between the solar plexus perception and the third eye perception. So if you can, close your eyes. And focus your attention in the gut. The gut or the solar plexus chakra is above the navel. It's where you feel butterflies when you're nervous. And focus your attention there. And while you focus your attention there, imagine that you are late for an important appointment. You're late for an important appointment. It's important to you. In the solar plexus, what do you feel? And what do you do? So take a moment to reflect on that while you're focused in the solar plexus. Okay, that's probably long enough to get a sense. Now, like an elevator, bring your focus up with your eyes closed if you can Right to the point in the middle of your forehead. And just for a moment, tap that point. Now it's not between the brows. It's right in the middle of the forehead. Just tap that spot so you know where to aim. And bring all your focus up. And sometimes it actually helps to imagine that you're wearing a miner's light. And you're looking out of the light in the middle of your forehead. Hold your focus. Don't let it drop. Look right out of the middle of your forehead with your eyes closed. And while you're focused there, imagine the same scenario. You're late for an important appointment. But this time, you're looking through your forehead. What's the difference in your perception and your feeling? And what do you do? Hold your focus. Look out of your forehead and compare the quality of the experience. Okay, Paula, did you do it?
1: I did, and I went from being anxious and worried and rushing to... All is well. i'll I'll be fine. If I'm a minute late or two or five, it doesn't matter. I'll get there, and all will be fine. And you exactly. know my guides are with me. it was it was really beautiful. So, as my guides say, the very
4: same experience has totally changed depending on how you focus. And they say it's just a pivot away. You just pivot your focus, change, and why does this work? It works because every chakra has its appropriate function, just like every organ in the body has its appropriate function, and when you use the solar plexus as perception, as the center of perception, it's misused because it's the center of emotion. And as my guides say, perception should inform feeling. So the third eye gives you the clarity, which then activates the appropriate emotion. So they say, learn to live life looking through your forehead. So, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but the important thing is to learn to live with your eyes opened. And my guides say, when you open two eyes, open three. Look out of the middle of your forehead and your two physical eyes. You know, in sports, they call it the zone. And I've talked to professional athletes who say that when they're in the zone, they're not attached to winning, time slows down, they feel an interconnection with everything and they perform their best. This is the activation of the third eye with eyes opened. And there's only one way to do it, focus and concentration. And it's a muscle that you can build. You know, many children are diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. And essentially, this is in the absence of focus skill. My daughter... When she was 10, was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, and she doesn't have it anymore. And the building up of the skill of focus and concentration resolved it. And so I believe that every school and every child should get focused exercises so that the third
1: eye can be strong. Uh, amen. I agree with you. We, um, uh, I used to teach, and um, learning disabilities was one of my specialties, and we way overdiagnose and mistreat. Um, so thank you for that, yes, (laughs) that's wonderful, Um, also, uh, we only have a couple more minutes, but you talk also, I think it's very important for us to talk about your process of meditation, because I know it's different, and when you said that the two, key tools are deep listening, which is meditation, and deep looking, which is using your third eye. Now that we know how to do deep looking, how do we do the deep listening? Yeah, so the the term meditation has now become very
4: popular, but it means different things to different people. I think a lot of times when people are meditating, they're actually doing a relaxation exercise. Which is great. When I do yoga class, you know, the meditation is relaxation exercise. But to me, there's another kind of meditation which I teach. And the way I describe it is it's like an X. The bottom part of the X is everyday thought. The point in the center is stillness. And the upper part is revelation. It's connection with the spirit within and without. It's the ability to access knowledge and knowing and to have, you know, direct connection with the spiritual world, which helps mitigate our fears and our confusions. So the first step is you have to open the crown chakra. So the crown chakra at the top of the head is the bridge from the material to the spiritual dimension. I say it's the key to happiness chakra. Because when the crowns open, there's expansion and you feel glad to be alive. Depression is quite literally a closed crown chakra. So there's a lot of depression in our culture because most people's crown chakras are closed. What closes it is worry, discouragement, and a lack of trust. What opens it is inspiration, devotion, and trust. So before you meditate, if you're going to have direct spiritual connection, you have to have the door to spirit opened, which is the crown chakra. So the way to open it is focus on something that inspires you, something that wows you, a memory, a person, a concept, and then feel the opened, airy feeling at the top of the head. It feels like the top of your head was taken off. Once you have that feeling, the next step is an affirmation, a positive, affirmative statement. I usually tell people to say, I am spirit, I am infinite spirit, I am spirit, I am infinite spirit. So after you say that for a while, then pause and hold your mind still and then go back to the affirmation and gradually elongate the pauses. Because to me, really being a good meditator means that at will, you cannot think and be in a positive state so you can open to this upper level. And then there's the difference between brain chatter thoughts and message thoughts. And so it's a process of really being able to control the thoughts so that they're not controlling us, but we are choosing them rather than having it be kind of an indiscriminate stream of thoughts. So, you know, the third eye can be taught very quickly, but it then takes practice to be consistent. To become a good meditator, you do have to put some time in but once you do, then, like, I can, you know, go into deep meditation very quickly because I practiced for so many years. So, it's kind of like riding a bike or learning to read, you know. So, it's and, and, and I'm...
1: I, I'm sorry. We have to end this. We get, we get the point, though, is that we, we need to practice it. And you've given us the tools for deep listening and deep looking. And I'm so grateful. So much wonderful information, Ellen. Thank you so much. And for more well, thank information. Thank you very much.
4: You're I'm, welcome. I, I'm so happy to share this because I see from my students that it really makes a difference.
1: Uh, And we can tell that. And The Infinite View is Ellen's book, and her website is Ellen Tad. T-A-D-D please go to that learn more about her and purchase her book thank you so much Ellen and also thank you all for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit if you enjoyed today's show please like us on Facebook check out my services including coaching speaking hands-on healing remote healing past life regressions house and office clearing sponsoring my workshops um, and if 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 you want private coaching, you get a 10% discount if you mention this show, and my work is supported and guided with the angels and archangels of a high and positive spiritual nature who work through me and directly with my clients. My private and corporate clients improve their wealth, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. And now I want to introduce you to Archangel Sheila who works with me and my clients she and wants to work with you too. She's the Archangel over emotions and will help you manage your emotions. Use your own words or say something like, Archangel Sheila, I give you permission in a positive way only to help me manage my emotions or ask her to help you remember to use the tools that Ellen gave us today. Ask for her help when you wake up, when you go to sleep, anytime, day or night, when you need to shift your mood or are feeling overwhelmed. Pay attention to signs, synchronicity, new information, and celebrate your progress. This is a process, not an event. Trust that she is helping you because she is. Please join us next Thursday when Allison Chester Lambert will talk about her new um reading cards, Greek mythology cards which provide wisdom from ancient Greece, June twenty eighth, when the daughters of Alan Watts will share his wisdom and legacy, and on july seventh when john david mann will talk about his book and upcoming movie the recipe a story of loss love and the ingredients of greatness this is dr Polly, your cm or chosen mom is designated by dr bernie siegel remember you are loved all is loved just let that feeling wash over you and through you have a blessed week